0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's open up in prayer before we get started here. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this morning, this opportunity to come together uh, to worship you, to praise you as the God who has redeemed, uh, the God who did not leave us even though we were broken wretches, the God who, who... Come, came to us in our, our weakness and our brokenness, and you still uh, love us and pursue us anyways. And we're grateful for that. We pray that you would just bless this morning. And uh, we love you and praise you. Amen. You may have your seats. Welcome. My name is Cameron Ross. I am not the lead pastor here. Here at Element, what we normally like to do is we take a a topic or maybe a passage in the Bible and we do a series of sermons on it and kind of wrap that all up together. But uh, this summer, we're actually in between a set of series, and so we're doing some standalone, kind of one off sermons. And Adam asked me to come in this morning, and I am thrilled to be here and excited to do this. So we're going to jump right in because we have a lot to cover today. And I'm going to start off just with a question Uh, How many of you? like to be judged. You just say, you know, I need a, I need a good judger in my life. <laughs> kind of like the old Saturday Night Live skit, you know, I got a fever and the only prescription is more judgment. That's what I'm looking for. No, of course not, right? I didn't expect anybody to be excited about judgment. We hate judgy people in our culture. We are hypersensitive to judgment. We don't like it. Mind your own business. You do you. I'm going to do me. Leave me alone. Stay out of my world. Actually, I don't know if you guys know, but judgy is now an official word in the dictionary. Didn't know that, um, but we just hate judgment, so it's just common vernacular now for us to talk about judgy people. A uh, t- couple years ago, 2015, there was actually the Don't Judge Me Challenge. Anybody hear this? Nobody knows of this? Social media thing, kind of like the ALS challenge. I- I'll be honest, I had no idea. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get a lot of social media things, but you would take a picture of yourself, a selfie with yourself just looking uh, terrible, and you'd drop pimples on your face, maybe make a unibrow and like cover a tooth or something, and then... They would clean themselves up, put a bunch of makeup on, make themselves look as perfect as possible, take another selfie, they'd post them together, and they'd put, don't judge me challenge. Like that was supposed to highlight that we're not supposed to look at just beauty. or I don't know. I didn't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But it was a big deal back then because people hate to be judged in our culture. We're just hypersensitive to it. The interesting piece about it, though, despite that hypersensitivity, we are a culture that is obsessed with judging other people. We love to judge other people. In fact, some of you in here might say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of judgy. Most of you probably say, I'm not a judgmental person. I am mean, I'm Cameron, come on. I'm not that judgmental. And I'm going to push back a little bit. Now, to give us a common frame of reference, though, we're going to look at what we uh, define as actual judgment, if I can get this to work. Oh, going way too far here. Adam, you want to help me out? Thanks, brother. So when I say judge, I mean a decision passed on the faults of others, A decision passed on the faults of others. So I take in some data about somebody. Usually when we're judging somebody, it's very little data. We're going to take in some information, and I'm going to pass some sort of decision or condemnation on a person based on their faults. In fact, if you go to the next one, this is what we're doing, assess and condemn. I'm assessing and I'm condemning. I'm assessing some person. I'm taking in some information. Like I said, very little information usually. And then I'm condemning them. I'm judging them on their faults. I'm laying it down. I mean, this is why we love reality TV, let's be honest. I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago about reality TV. He loves this show called Love Island. Now, I've never heard of this show. Apparently, they take a bunch of singles. They throw them on an island, and shenanigans ensue, of course. Uh, and I'm like, dude, dude, why do you watch this show? I'm like, what about this? And he goes, you know what, man? I got to tell you, this is no joke. This is what he said. It's just nice to see people more dysfunctional than I am. And I'm like, that's exactly it. It's judgment, right? It's a, hey, you know, at least in this case, I, I come out on top on it. But I look at their faults. I judge them for their faults. We just constantly are judging. I mean, if you look at Twitter, I, I'm convinced most of the verse is filled with judgment. Reddit, comment sections, pick whatever it is, lots of judgment. Something happens in the news, something happens in pop culture, and for whatever reason, millions of people just have to immediately jump out there and say something about it. Last week, The Rock, you guys know Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, he posted a picture of his daughter learning to swim, And I guess it was a picture of his daughter kind of on the side of the pool, jumping into the water, and he was catching her, and it was taken from behind his daughter. Um, But immediately, social media outrage. People were livid because his daughter didn't have a swimsuit on. And I don't know what you could see because they deleted the picture, but I think from what I gathered, you could just barely see her buns or something like that. And people were just going nuts. How could you as a parent put a picture of your daughter naked out on there? I can't believe you would do this. This is just insane. And then people responded back and said, oh, you just don't know Polynesian culture, and this is not uncommon for most of the world, and you guys are just crazy. And I'm sure some of you are hearing this now or go, I would never post a picture of my kid naked on the social media. No way, especially when I got millions of followers. We're just constantly judging, right? Constantly judging. We just do it all the time. I can't believe she'd wear that. I wouldn't go out to that place with them. Can you believe how much he's let himself go? I mean, it's just crazy. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this. I was trying to think of all the people that I judge, that our culture judges, and I'm not even joking. In 46 seconds, this is what I came up with: <laughs> parents, bosses, poor people, rich people, in-laws, other drivers, Californians, smokers, gum smackers, Southerners, homeless people, skinny people, overweight people, stoners, hipsters, smart people, uneducated people, liberals, conservative, black, white, Mexican, fill in whatever you want people, Prius drivers, and celebrities. And that was just what I came up with off the top of my head. I could have gone on for a long time. But, I mean, look at this. Parents, as soon as you enter the world of parentdom, you enter a world of judgment. No, You know what I'm talking about. No matter what you do, someone will judge you for it. And for whatever reason, we automatically start judging everybody else, right? I would not let my kid watch that. Can you believe your kids are out this late? Can you believe that kid's out there without a coat on? Can you believe he just spanked his daughter? I mean, just judgment after judgment. Drivers, I'm in the military, so we bounce around a lot. Every state I go to, they have the worst drivers. Every single state. I go to Texas, they go, you know, we've got the worst drivers in Texas. They're just terrible out here. Go to Maryland, oh my God, you haven't seen worst drivers until you've been to Maryland. These drivers, you would not believe how bad these are, right? Go to Colorado, oh, these people are just crazy. You cannot believe how bad these drivers are. And I'm just starting to look. I'm like, everybody's got the worst drivers. You know what I never hear is I never hear the person go say, I'm that bad driver, I'm the guy, i and when people talk about bad drivers, that's me. Californians, we don't even have to talk about it. You guys know what I'm talking about with that. <laughs> Homeless people, how many times do you pull up and a guy's asking for money out the side? You don't know a single thing about his life, his story, anything. But what you do know is that he wrecked his life, he spent his money poorly, he made poor decisions, and you know what? He's probably going to use it for alcohol or weed anyways. Right? Now, sometimes they tell you they're going to use it for alcohol and weed, which that helps, but... Oftentimes, we're just judging them, just immediate judgment. Wait. Wait is, the, I think, the number one thing researchers have shown that people judge other people on in terms of like, uh, initial responses. I mean, we can go on and on and on, and just how much we judge people. And if you're not a Christian and you're here, we're, we're just thrilled you're here. We're, we're, we love to welcome people who don't believe what we believe and come in and chat. But you've got to be looking at this as like, this is just the height of irony, right? I've got in church with a Christian talking to other Christians about judgy people. I mean, does anybody else see the humor in this? I mean, Christians are the most judgmental people out there. I mean, this is just hilarious. And it's true. We oftentimes are our own worst enemies. We fall into bad patterns. and In fact, there was this uh, movie a couple years ago uh, called Easy A. Has anybody heard of Easy A? Some of you have seen it? Yeah. So Easy A is about a girl named Olive. And Olive uh, gets invited to go on a camping trip with her friends. Her friends have hippie parents, though. Of course, she doesn't want to go because they're hippies, right? Nobody likes hippies, speaking of judgment. Uh, but she doesn't want to go. So she makes up a lie about having a date. So she lays around the house listening to the same song over and over all weekend, does nothing. Monday comes, and she, her and her friend are in the bathroom, and they're talking about the weekend. And, of course, as these things go, right, you make up a lie. You've got to cover it with more lies. So it just builds and builds and builds, and pretty soon, Olive says that she lost her virginity while on this date unbeknownst to both of them, in one of the bathroom stalls is a Christian named Marianne, whoever hears this whole thing, right? And later on in the movie, uh, they find out that she was there. And so we're going to watch a scene real quick. In the set of the scene, uh, Olive is going up. She's found out that Marianne heard. So she's going up to explain to Marianne, hey, this is kind of what you saw. This is what happened. So let me take a look. I just for your sake you clean the sheets. Did I just get?: saved? <laughs> Yeah, Not a good look, right? Anybody know Christians like this? Hopefully none of you are Christians like this, right? The problem is as we start in Christianity, understanding that, you know what, we are broken, we are you're just lost, we are. It's completely jacked up people. And we don't deserve God's love. We can't even match up to the standards he set. But in God's infinite love and in his mercy and his grace, for whatever reason, he made a way that we could be redeemed and be made uh, whole with him. And it wasn't anything we did. It was purely off of what he did for us. And we start off that Christian life and we start trying to live a life following Jesus because we're just so grateful for what he's done for us. And out of that gratitude, we live a life that's trying to emulate Christ, right? Right? But pretty soon, as we start getting better and God's cleaning things up, we start to think about, hey, we're just behaving better. And then it's a short step from behaving better to, actually, God likes me because I behave better. And we forget that, no, we were accepted long before we were anything worthy of acceptance. And then pretty soon, we start looking around and we notice everybody else is not really concerned with behaving better. And in fact, they seem to be having a lot of fun when they're not behaving better. And we get kind of angst up and maybe they make fun of us for behaving better. And we start, you know, bowing up with, oh, I got the truth. And I'm going to use the truth as a hammer to get you to just behave better. Right? And we forget that, no, it was God's kindness that led to our repentance. It wasn't that we deserved it. It was purely because of what he did, not because of what we had done, that we were accepted. And we, we just fall into that. Paul Tripp is a speaker and author, and he says it like this. Whenever you believe that the evil outside of you is greater than the evil inside of you, a heartfelt pursuit of Christ, that thing we started with, that gratitude, will be replaced by a zealous fighting of evil around you. A celebration of the grace that rescued us from your own sin will be replaced by a crusade to rescue the church from the ills of surrounding culture. Now, this is a huge point. We don't have a whole lot of time to really unpack this today because it's not the main point of the service, but if you've tuned out, you've got to listen to this. If if you ever are tempted to think that the evil outside of you is greater than the evil inside of you, you have forgot the gospel. If you're ever tempted to think the evil out there, whether it's a person, a people, society writ large, doesn't matter, is greater than the evil inside of you, your capacity for evil, and your brokenness, you have forgot the gospel of Christ that you were saved not because you were good but because he was good. Now into all of this, <clears throat> into all of this confusion this society that hates judgment yet that can't stop judging. These Christians who are saved and then you know fall into these judgmental tendencies, Jesus speaks. And he did so 2,000 years ago in probably his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and pull it out. Turn to Matthew 7. We're going to start in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to have them on the screen. We also, uh, if you have the version Bible app, you can go search events, look for Element Church. All the scriptures will be in there as well. Um, but feel free to jump in. But we're going to start with uh, Matthew 7.1 and the three favorite words of people that don't like Jesus when they quote Jesus. And those three favorite words are, Do not judge. I hear this all the time. Didn't Jesus say, do not judge? Didn't he say, do not judge? I'm pretty sure it's in there, right? I don't know where, but I know he said it somewhere. Do not judge. Yeah, he did. And the problem is, judge not is not all that Jesus had to say about it. So Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, I said, do not judge, but we've got a lot more to talk about. So hang with me, hang with me. So we go to next, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Do not judge, because of the way you judge others, that is going to come back on you. Now, there's a debate about what Jesus is talking about here. Is he talking about just earthly judgment that if I judge others around me, they're going to judge me back with that same level? I don't know. That could be it. I actually experienced this big time in the last two weeks. Does anybody like HOAs? <laughs> no? Not a single person? Homeowners associations? Yeah. Talk like about a place for judgment, right? And I hear that uh, Murphy Creek is just as bad, and your Facebook community pages are just as bad as everybody else's Facebook community page on judging. So I get a letter two weeks ago from our HOA that says, we would like to inform you of the importance of following our covenant, and da da da. And because of this, you need to paint your garage door. Now, do you think my immediate response was, thank you? Thank you. I would I, I wouldn't dream of being out of compliance with your said documents. And I'm thrilled at the opportunity that I can be now brought back into the community of grace. And I would never want to bring down the values of other people's homes, so I'm so glad we have you guys here to police my behavior. No, I promise you, as I stand here, my response was, I'm going to find the clown that put this in, and I'm going to go to his house, and I'll find 20 things that are way worse than my garage door. You come at me. Are you kidding me? My garage door? I even took a picture yesterday. This is my garage door. Does that look like it's bringing down the value of anybody's house in the neighborhood? Now, if you think it does, don't judge me. I was, I'm, I'm still a little heated about this, right? But this, is what, this could be what Jesus is talking about. If you use that standard of judgment in, in your life, other people are going to hold that against you. It's just natural to come off like that. It could also be that, you know, it's on on an eternal realm. You know, God's going to judge us at the end. We know it's not the only standard that will be used because we're going to be held up against the perfect standard, which is why we needed Christ in the beginning. But maybe somehow in the severity that we judge others, that's going to be included in the severity. I don't know. And it could be both, right? There's no reason to think that it couldn't be an eternal thing that also has earthly repercussions. But either way, in some way, how we judge others will come back on us, is what Jesus says. Now, he goes into the most, one of the most brilliant word pictures in all of Scripture, and I think it's largely rooted in his time as a carpenter, but he goes on. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Why do you, I mean, just imagine this. Why do you just, you're standing off and you find these little specks in someone else's eye, and the whole time you've got this big old plank, this big piece of wood, hanging out of your own eyeball? I mean, what is that? And I know, maybe people in the audience think, Jesus, Jesus, uh, maybe we think, Jesus, come on, come on, come on, come on. I mean, that's not a speck, right? i got a couple things. First off, this is not just a speck, right? We're not just talking about a speck in someone eye. Jesus, she's a Democrat. <laughs> I mean, he's a Republican. I mean, Jesus, this is not a, I mean, come on, come on, Jesus, she, she's a lesbian. I mean, Jesus, Jesus, we're not just talking about little things. This is not just a speck in their eye. I mean, come on. He's, he's arrogant, you know? She's had a child out of wedlock. Jesus, I'm not focusing on specks. Come on. And Jesus, secondly, secondly, I don't have a plank in my eye. How do you think I'm spotting all these specks out there, you know? It's not, I don't have a plank in my eye. And what Jesus is highlighting here is a, is a common spiritual infection. So you guys have all heard of... Uh, Pink eye, right? And no, for you that are judging me on my eyes, I do not have pink eye. I had LASIK done recently, so stop. But what Jesus is talking about is a common spiritual infection called plank eye. This thing is an epidemic. Everybody's got it. It's really bad. If you go to the next, this is what plank eye is. When one has a fault that is obvious to everyone except the individual. When you have a fault that is obvious to everybody around you, particularly those who know you really well that are in close proximity to you, but you can't tell, it. that's plank eye. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. This is not new, right? And the reason is, the re- cause of plank is the deception of sin. Sin is so deceptive. It is so hard for us to see our own sin. We are really good at monitoring the behaviors of others. We are terrible judges of our own heart. Like I said, married people, you know what I'm talking about. You can spot the faults of your, your spouse like nobody's business. You always, you never, you always, you never, you always, you never. Well we are terrible at judging our own hearts and judging our own sin. And actually, this is why some of you have pointed out your faults to your, your spouse all the time, you know, or pointed out their faults. You always, you always, you always, you always, you never, you never, you never, never. And they never change. It's because they got plain guy. They can't see it. Because sin is deceptive. Now, Jesus is going to move on from this verse where he's talking about, hey, just from afar, why do you look at your brother? Why do you, you notice from afar and judge from afar? And he's going to go into kind of more active judgment here. He says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when all the time the plank is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, hey, you know, you got this big old plank hanging out? You're like, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, hang on, I got, let me get, I got my tweezers, let me, let me get that speck out of your own eye. I mean, what happens when you try to take the speck out of someone's eye, when you, or someone's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye? You poke an eyeball out. That's what happens, right? You are in no way prepared to help that person out when you've got this thing just whipping around in front of your face. If we do damage, this is actually a thing, an interesting point Jesus highlights here. Hey, when you try to go and help somebody else out and pull a speck out of uh out of their eye, when you've got this big plank hanging out, you end up hurting them more than they, they were at the beginning, you put them in a worse position. Many of you, this might be your story. Somewhere in your life, you were hurt greatly by someone who came to you with the obvious plank eye, and they tried to fix a speck in your eye, and they caused great damage. They might have ruined a relationship. They might have built great insecurities within you. They might have been a reason that you avoided you know, a group or church or you avoided a situation just because they came at you when they had so many issues of their own to deal with first. This is why I think we really should take Ice Cube's advice. you got to check yourself before you wreck someone else, which I think is somewhat like what he said, but uh, it's, this is what he was getting at in the beginning, right? Because the way you're living now ain't good for their health. You guys didn't think you'd get an Ice Cube ref- reference in church, did you? No. But I bet if you were in that situation and you're that person that got judged, right, or that someone came at you with plain guy you'd respond just like Jesus does. You hypocrite. You hypocrite. How are you going to come at me and try and talk about this when you clearly have an issue of your own? How are you going to judge me for my garage door when your yard looks terrible? Yes, I'm not going to let that go. This is still a really significant emotional event for me, okay? You hypocrite. But this is, this is where our culture leaves it. Our culture goes, yeah, don't judge me. Don't be a hypocrite. You do your own thing. You mind your own business. Don't worry about me. You do you. I'm going to do me. Just leave me alone. You stay out of it and we're good. And Jesus goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're speeding again. Don't get ahead of me. I got more to say. First, take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. First, you could even say, first, take the plank out of your own eye so that you will see clearly to remove the speck, from your brother's eye. Jesus is so countercultural here. He goes, no, 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 make no mistake about it. There is a speck in their eye. It's not an illusion. It's not something you're just seeing because you have plank eye. There really is a speck in their eye. And specks and eyes don't go together. I just had LASIK done and it felt afterwards like you had an eyelash stuck in your eye or like your eye was scratched. And I'm telling you, it's not comfortable, right? That's not the way eyes are supposed to be when they're healthy. And you're blinking all the time, kind of look like an idiot. He's saying, no, they really do have a problem. It's not like culture says where, hey, don't judge me because I'm fine. I'm perfect. I'm beautiful as I am. I'm totally good as I am. There is no judgment to be had here because I am okay. <laughs> Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're not to judge because you've got your own problems. You've got your own faults. You've got your own planks to deal with. But I am all about one another and one another. In God's kingdom, he talks about this all the time. You know, Love one another, pray for one another, take care of one another one another and one another, that's all, that is what I'm about in God's kingdom. Therefore, once you fix yourself, you cannot just sit by and let your brother sit over there blinking his eye like an idiot because he's got a speck that he's not taken out. You have a responsibility. That's what love demands of you, to go and help your brother out. And imagine, imagine how much better you're going to be at helping another person take a speck out of their eye when you've removed a plank that was very similar. Imagine the conversation a recovered alcoholic will have with an alcoholic trying to help him get out of that. Imagine the grace and the the understanding and the empathy that they can bring to a conversation. Now, it doesn't mean someone without alcohol can't help an alcoholic, but what it does mean is if you're an alcoholic, you can't help an alcoholic get over their alcoholism because you've got a plank in your eye. You've got things to solve yourself before then you can see much more clearly to be able to help your brother out. And not only is Jesus counterculture; he actually offers a really great remix to the old Jimmy Cliff song, you know? I can see clearly now the plank is gone. I can see all obstacles in your way. No, nobody's not a fan of Jimmy Cliff. <laughs> this is what Jesus is talking about. Hey, it is about the, uh, loving each other. How do we love one another? And so if we had to wrap up kind of everything Jesus is talking about in this passage, this would be it, I think. Don't be judgy. Fix your planks and then help with their specs. Don't be judgy. Don't be overly censorious. Don't be out there looking for people, out there constantly judging people. You need to be out there fixing your planks first, then helping with their specs. Fixing your planks first, helping with their specs. In fact, that leads directly into our application today. Our application today, some of us, many of us, I think this is the question we've got to ask ourselves Got planks? You got planks? When you're out there and you see something in someone else, when that speck pops up and you go, ah, ha, 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 speck, the first thing you need to do is immediately go, do I got a plank? Instead of taking all that time and energy and focusing on the speck in someone else's eye, when you notice it, your first response should be, hey, wait, do I got any planks here? Is there anything I need to address before I try to help my brother out? And again, this is all kind of in the context of relationship, right? Jesus is not talking about just going to randos on the street and doing this. This is talking about people that you're in relationship with, that you care about, you have rapport, everything else. But do I have any planks? And I'll tell you what, this will help undercut your judginess. Because it's really hard to be judgy when you realize you have the exact same plank. They talk they talk about things that uh, spouses fight over, you know, and always at the top is like money and sex and other things. Katie and I almost never fight over those things. Number one thing Katie and I fight about time management. 100%. Yeah, time management. And and it's because we're so different on this. Like I am overly rigid, like super structure, everything is efficiently planned so that we can maximize what I have and we can get done on time or be there on time or whatever else. Katie's like someone from Afghanistan. They don't have clocks. So if, if you have an appointment at 9 o'clock, really, it means anywhere between 8 and 12. It's all good, you know, and it'll be fine when you show up. It's okay. And so it drives both of us bonkers because, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, Katie, we got 20 minutes before we go. Katie's 20 minutes. Katie, we are down to 17 minutes before we go, and you don't have clothes on. Katie, we are at four minutes, and you still don't have pants. We are time to go. And Katie's like, dude, lay off me. We're going to get there just fine. Everything will be okay. Knock it off. But I tell you what, in the times when I actually have the, like the grace to go, you know what, she's going to be late again. There's that speck. She's going to be late. I knew it. And I go, you know, well, let's focus on her planks. All right, Cameron. Was there any time this week that you were late for something that you should have been on time to? Was there any time that you weren't as urgent about something Katie wanted you to be urgent about, but you didn't put the effort towards it? Or even if you go to the next level, hey, was there any time this week that you weren't on time for something God wanted you to do? Or you weren't as urgent about what God wanted you to be about, urgent about this week? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah there, was, yeah, there was a couple times, yeah, I think so. So you think you could give her grace in this moment? Yeah, 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 I think I can. I'm not going to maybe come off so hard on her this time, right? It will cut the legs right out from under your judgment. So some of us, we got to look for our planks. Others of us, we got to start helping with specs. We've been good at, you know, not judging other people. We're really good at monitoring ourselves, trying to focus that behavior. Hey, I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to get into their business. I'll focus on myself and making sure I'm, you know, worried about the things that I can control, which is me, and I'm going to do that. But what we haven't then done is gone to the next step step of helping our brother out. We see the speck in their eye, but we don't have the conversation because, you know what, that's their business. Uh, You know, I don't want to have that hard conversation. I don't want to do that. And some of us, you need to do that. Love demands it of you. If you're in relationship with someone and you've already made sure, hey, yeah, there's no planks in my life and for, on this subject, I need to approach this person and have that conversation. So for some of you, you need to pick up the phone. You need to write that email. Schedule that coffee date. I don't know what it looks like for you and it's gonna be awkward conversation and it's not gonna be fun. But that's what love demands of you in the kingdom of God. And finally, some of us, some of us, we need to accept help with either our, spe- our specks or our planks. Someone's been telling you constantly about this fault you had, this speck or plank, right? You just heard it over and over and you continually write them off. You continue to ignore them. You continue to, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And it doesn't matter if they come at you with judgment or if they come at you with grace. If someone's bringing something up with you, you need to assess whether that's valid or not. You need to look at it and go, hey, is it true? Do I really act like X? Was I really blank. You know, fill in the blank. And maybe that means you need to ask someone you trust. You know, hey, do I really do this? Can you give me some feedback? Am I, I really falling into this pattern? And if not, that's fine. You just let it go, right? Roll off your shoulders, no big deal. Not a, you just let it go. Go frozen on it. But if it is something that you do need to deal with, you need to actually take it on. You need to quit putting them off no matter how they came to you or what attitude they came to you at. And you need to deal with that speck or that plank. Because this is what the kingdom of God calls of us. It's not as simple as don't judge. It's not as simple as don't judge and just you fix yourself. Jesus says, no, 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 it's way better than that. It's way better than that. I want you to love one another. And this is one of the ways you love one another. You don't be judgy. You fix your planks. And then you help them with their specs. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the grace that you offered us. We thank you that you, 2,000 years ago, um, brought truth to our lives that is so, so applicable today, and we're just grateful for the opportunity to um, have your wisdom poured into us, that we have access to uh, your words from so long ago, and that, uh, that you brought such universal truths um, that we get to uh, experience them today. And we pray that no matter where this lands, God, whether it's uh, us needing to look at our own planks, whether it's us needing to get the courage and the uh, love for our friends and family or whoever it is to help with their specs, or whether it's, God, we just need to um, be open to the feedback and the, uh, the information that others are bringing to us. God, I pray that you would work in our hearts to do amazing things, that you would address all these issues, that you would uh, give us the wisdom to know what to do in each of them, and that you would give us the, the courage uh, to tackle them. And we just love you and praise you. Amen.